All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Humble and Hungry Podcast featuring DaVinci Jordan. My name is Brandon, host. As always, we've got another athlete conversation, DaVinci, this time. Uh, another one of your former NBA uh, pre-draft athletes you got to know. Um, big personality. Yeah, we have the wonderful, exceptional, with a lot of hair, Ron Harper Jr., the great. What? Whoa, the greatest. Wow. All right. How do you like the intro? Was that pretty good for that, you? That was good. That was great. That was great. Okay. Just making sure. Um, no, Ron is an exceptional guy. Um, he is the life of the party. He is the life of training. And he has one of the brightest personalities you will ever, 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 ever see. And I could tell that he has an ex- an exquisite ability to shut you down in the lane. You got zero points yeah, against him. Yeah, he like. dunked on so, me a couple so. times. He dunked on me a couple times. I didn't think he was going to do it, um, but he did. And... um but he's a hard worker, man. I'm, I'm proud of him, you know, of Ron. He early on, he faced some adversity where, um, you know, scouts were saying that he had to cut some weight down and he didn't get negative on it. Um, he took it head on and used it as fuel and got his weight down, stuck to a, a plan. And uh, by the time he got to the combine process when he was training with teams and stuff, man, he, he looked like a refined athlete. I was really impressed by him, man. He's a a really good guy, character guy, where he's not afraid to face adversity. He hits a head on. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to dig into that. Obviously, we have Deontay here as well, hanging out with us. Um, so, yeah, look, you impact a lot. Uh, Ron, I'm going to give you a moment to kind of talk about some of that stuff. I mean, what was it like when you first met Deventry? I know Deontay was there first. You walk in the gym. It's kind of a weird situation. You're at Lifetime for the first time. You're about to do pre-draft training. Um, how, how was it for you? It was cool for me, man. Deventry was mad serious when I first met him. Like, I remember talking to him on the phone, and it's just like, I was like, damn, man, this dude does not play. Like, I'm definitely. Oh, yeah. Gonna, I remember that conversation that with you and your mom. Yeah, yeah we were talking, like, and we said some very, we had a very candid discussion on the phone, and Ron was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. I was like, yeah, I'm in for something crazy, something serious. But I, I thought, you know, I was excited, man. Like, from the first time I talked to him, Talked to you on the phone. I knew I was going to get the job done. I knew I was going to go to New York and do what I said I took accomplish. So, but it was just great. Just me and these guys, like that pre-draft group, I'll never forget. Like, that's just a whole bunch of dudes that I look at as family now. And like, we spent countless hours together. We spent countless hours in the gym, off the gym, in between mm-hmm. training sessions, just talking, really getting to know each other. You know, it feels like I've known these guys for years. So it was just a great experience. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, telling the guys here back in Minnesota that that group was probably one of the best pre-draft groups that we've had. Um, it was exceptional. You guys listen, you guys pushed each other, you motivated each other. And honestly, you guys are probably the standard of what we want to train and, and, and the camaraderie that you guys just had with each other. Even at that pro day that night when you and Tyson went up, I was just like, the energy was just electric. And for me, you know, been in the industry for so long, I didn't think I can learn much more from, 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 you know, collegiate kids going to be professionals, but I learned so much from you guys. And, um, you guys have definitely raised a bar for us as a performance company. And, uh, we appreciate it. I don't know what you guys did, Ron. He came back, he had better swag. He had better music choices. (laughs) Oh my God. That's what I like to hear, man. You know, by the time he was leaving New York, Unc had a bunch of Dude's coming in the gym, dropping off boxes of sneakers. Like, he was acting brand new. Oh, my God. He came home listening to that good music. 
you know, we had the playlist going crazy every day, but not Tyson. Tyson had the bad playlist. <laughs> you listen to you listen to Tyson's music, it's like you getting fucked up to like it's do or die. Like that's how Tyson Vito. But when, they, when anybody else on the Ox though, they could take something away from that. Not Tyson though. And my and my shot got better too. It did. It did. It did. It, it looked a lot better. You know, a lot cleaner from when we first got there. When we first talked on the phone, you said you were gonna help me lose weight. I was gonna help you with the jump shot. You know, I think we accomplished both. Exactly. I think we did. And you keeping the weight off too. Yeah, for sure, hundred so, percent. All right, how you liking it out there? It's nice, man. Uh, I just ended up getting back here yesterday, last night, but today we we just had our first workout. We're going again at five, so it's just it's real good. I'm having a good time. I like the place I'm in, the group of people I'm with, and it's just a real healthy environment. You know, when you're in like a real good environment, it's easy to get work done, similar to how it was when we were all in New York. Good. Can you clarify real quick where is here and what you're up to right now? Oh uh, yeah, so I signed a two way deal with the Toronto Raptors for this season. So I just I just got to Toronto yesterday, moved into an apartment. Today was the first day like working out in a facility with like the younger group of guys. Nice. You ever been to Toronto, Deontay? Uh, I, I did. No, I, haven't. I did. I haven't. Before before this, I went to Toronto like right like pre the year before COVID happened that December. We went and we came for a game. And I remember we were supposed to play South Carolina. They ducked us crazy, right? So we ended up playing. <laughs> we ended up playing St. Bonaventure, and like we're three and all at the time. They're zero three, and of course we lost. So like that was the one experience I've had in Toronto. Oh man, um, Deontay, from your perspective, because you were the first one there, uh, you got all these guys. Ron Harper Jr. comes with a big name, yeah. Right, you knew. Yeah. Uh, what was what were your first impressions? I didn't think he was that big. That I think that was probably like the the most surprising thing like, like you thought he was bigger and then when you saw him you're like oh he's not that big no like <laughs> I, I, I like i didn't realize how like i knew he was a bigger stockier dude because i like watched him play a few times uh i think the first time i saw him play was when you hit that game winner against purdue but you you were cooking the whole game so i was kind of like okay i like this dude's legit and then they didn't say i don't think they said your name until like probably after like the fourth three you hit and you're like ground Harper jr and i was like Oh shoot! And I was like, <laughs> really? You know, like, it kind of clicked. And so uh, then you hit the game winner. That was crazy, and it was on Sports Center and uh, saw it everywhere. But then once I saw you, it like it didn't correlate. Like it was like, oh, that's you know, it was just kind of like, hey, I'm Ron. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I correlated it after, and I was like, oh, that's you. And so yeah, no, that was that was just my first impression. But uh, I was like, damn, no, that dude could really hoop. So. Then I saw you play, and it definitely made sense. So that was my first impression was the Purdue game. Do you do you kind of downplay that and just, like, only use your first name at times, Ron? Yeah, 100%. Never introduced myself to someone as Ron Harper Jr. I'm just like, what's good, I'm Ron. Are you sure? Yeah, 100% sure. I know, sure. you don't. Is that hard for you, like, you know, do you find yourself being in, like, the shadow of your dad in your – you find yourself kind of creating your own lane. Like I used to, and that's like something I really struggled with in high school and stuff. But like, I kind of grew out of it. Like when I was growing up playing basketball, like I told you this, like I was never like the greatest basketball player on my team. Mm-hmm. Like at a young age until like really high school, and then I really like grew into the player I ended up becoming. But before then, it would always be like unfair expectations and just all like the unnecessary stuff. Like everybody was expecting me to be the best player on the floor, just because what my dad was. That just never who I was. So. Uh, I had to do a lot of people like talking, talking 
crazy about me and it, like it never affected me really it was always just like motivation but like when I started really getting serious about basketball and started putting my head down and working like I realized that everything that I would do that would come up like in an article or something had my dad's name attached to it and like I like, I like devoted myself to like getting that like changing that narrative and changing how that goes down and it's definitely something I struggle with and I talked to like I talked to a lot of famous athletes kids about it all the time like Todd Frazier great bass era great uh, baseball player for the Mets so he had me talk to his son about it because like kind of the same thing that I was going through he's going through and I have a lot of insight on it and I also talked to my little brother about it because he's gonna have it way worse than mm-hmm. I did because yeah. like he's a five-star guard now and he's gonna have to deal with me and my dad's name attached to all the stuff he does and I can know like the kind of toll that takes on you as a young kid and like he'll have to deal with it yeah you know speaking of that you know when when did you figure out that hey basketball's is my thing. When did you, when did you figure out, like, when did the light bulb kind of click? Like, Hey, I could really go to college and do this thing. I think freshman year of high school for me, I went to Don Bosco prep in uh, North Jersey. It's like a Catholic, small Catholic school, but they were pretty good at basketball. And like freshman year, I played freshman basketball. Like, and I was the best kid on the freshman team, but like, I didn't really care about that. But like that spring and that summer playing AU, like I really started like going crazy. Like I remember I was like scoring, dunking on dudes like doing stuff that I never imagined myself doing and I think like I went back to Bosco for my sophomore year like yeah this basketball thing is like serious for me like I could really do this wow wow and then so you go to Rutgers um did you have any other options coming out of high school any other colleges that you could have went to did you always oh, yeah, stay in couple. New York New Jersey or uh yeah but I had, I had one other option in really New York and New Jersey that like I was serious about and was like seeing Hall and they were like playing around with the offer. Like the, I heard that like the head coach didn't really want to offer me that much. So I kind of ruled them out. But other than that, like I really only had like Rutgers and Nebraska as like my high majors. I committed like, I remember I got my first offer like a day before my birthday. So like April, like or April 11th, 2017, I got my first offers to go to Howard and Radford. And like that was madly like all, all my all my friends already had had offers since like freshman year and stuff. Right. But like that never like deterred me. Like I know I walked my own path, so I just kept working. And then that summer I really had a good scene on the AAU world. And, you know I didn't play on a, a circuit team, nothing like that, nothing like Howard Pulley, like y'all got out there. But hmm. I played like a small like a small market AAU team that would go to like the open division, all those big tournaments, and I would just go out there and I would kill like no matter like how many college coaches were on the sideline. Cause you never know who's watching it, you know. Right. At the end of that summer, it was like coming close up to August, or maybe it was August, and we were playing in this event called like the, the Spring Showdown or something. And it's like it's just a bunch of teams from like New York and New Jersey high school teams, and they go out and they play at this D three school called Montclair State, and like uh, that was like the most coaches I had ever played against. You know, mm-hmm. I played the first game we played, uh, we played Christ the King. They got Kofi Coburn, and, you know, he's in the league now. Next team he played is Roselle Catholic. It was like how they got Nas Reed, Khalil Whitney. Both those dudes are in the league now. And then the last game we played three five-stars. It was like we played Hudson Catholic, and I had like 40, man. I had like 40. <laughs> and we ended up losing, but, like, I did not I did not care one bit. I was like, damn, I was like, I'm about to get hella offers. You know, everybody's on the, everybody, everybody was on the sideline, like Villanova, Kansas, UNC, Duke, all of that. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to blow up. And then, like, 
it kind of sort of happened. Like I heard from a couple of those schools, like they called, they didn't really offer me, but they were interested. And, you know, but I remember after the game, the Rutgers coach like ran up to me, mad excited. I was like, you got to take a visit to Rutgers. You got to take a visit to Rutgers. Like we'd love to have you on campus and just show you around. And like, I just got a real good vibe from that. Like, now all these, you know, some, some of these coaches be trying to act too cool and they're out there recruiting. Yeah. Like this guy came up, he came up to me. I'd never talked to him before. You know, he just threw it all out there to me. So, Fast you know what's cool? Bit. What I tell a lot of college high school kids is all you need is one offer. You just okay. need one, right? And you could just have to maximize that opportunity. Exactly. And that's 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 what I did. You know, I took that visit a couple of weeks after and my unofficial visit. And it was like the first it was like this is the second unofficial. I went on one to senior hall, but I went I went to Rutgers and I remember I was just sitting in the car with my mom right after the visit had ended and we've been there for like ten AM to like it was probably like three, four. And I was like, damn, like, I was like, mom, like, that was a really good visit. And like, I was real happy about it. And she was like, you think they're the one? And I was like, I was like, hell yeah. Like, I really think they are. Right. And she was like, let's go home, think about it, sleep it off. And I see how you feel the next day if you really want to do this. And like, hey, your, mom is, your mom is very active. She scared the mess out of me when I first met her. Yeah. She was so on point. A hundred percent. She's so, she's like the most calculated human being I know. She so knows exactly what she's doing at every hour of the day. And I remember the next day I told her, like, uh, yeah, I still want to, I, I want to commit there. I want to go to Rutgers. And she was like a hundred percent behind me. And, you know, a big part of me doing that too was location, man. Like being from New Jersey, being able to play for like the state university is like something I took pride in. And Rutgers was never the greatest at basketball. So I wanted to go there and be the spark of something new, spark of like a change. So, yeah. Wow. That's huge. So, Ron, I mean, transitioning from, you know, the stardom at Rutgers and being on ESPN and top 10 and killing. I mean, honestly, you 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 killed in the Big Ten. I mean, we can say it flat out. You did. Um, how is that transition now to being in the league? I know you had a solid summer league. What was the biggest difference? Like, give me three things once you got into summer league where you were like, oh, shoot, like, this is the NBA. Like, what, what was the biggest things that stood out to you? Uh, the biggest thing for me was just speed of the game is way different. Like, the speed of the game is, is like, 10 times faster than a college game. And, like, a big part of that is because the shot clock goes from 30 to 24 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't realize how big that six seconds be. And, like, that really, like, changes the whole flow of the game. And, like, once you get to the pro level, like, everybody can do everything, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't walk out there and just do that. Can't shoot to save his life. Like, sometimes there isn't college, like, go out there and everybody's capable man and you got to realize that a lot of these guys came from colleges where they were the main dude they were the man and they're averaging upwards towards 15 plus points and uh, mm-hmm. you got to go out there and like the 15th man on the best team in the NBA would kill like a lot of dudes so just realizing like those two things and just this, everything's more complex like the sets like offense versus defense compared to the college level it's just it all gets like maximized when you get to the NBA. Like you really like see like all right, these guys are like pro, like pro coaches, pro preparation, like pro recovery and stuff like that compared to the collegiate level. So those like three things were really different for me. Yeah, it's a Scalabrini effect, right? He just goes out there and just challenged people in Boston and just destroyed them. Um, but you know the margins are smaller, Dante. Obviously, you gotta hit way more shots. You gotta create better shots mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. Um, 
what 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 goes into your guys' prep when you get these guys? I mean, you had all the, this group of elite guys, and and you're preparing them for something that they're not, they don't really know what to expect. Like, how do you guys take that into consideration? Like, when you work with like Ron and Bryce and Justin and Tyson and all these guys. I think for me, playing basketball at a high level, I think the biggest thing that stood out for me was like their one, um, their bodies. So I mean, overall strength, um, mm-hmm. speed, agility. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be able to cut, move multiple directions on a stop of a dime because the athletes now in the NBA are stupid. I mean, you got, you know, the John ja Morants, Joel Embiid's, you know, that are either 300 pounds moving like wide receivers or you got John ja Morant jumping 45 inches over people. So, you know, <laughs> you got to be able to, you know, kind of counter that and be able to do what you do best. Um, mm-hmm. Second was probably teaching them how to take care of their bodies, as we've seen from like, you know, LeBron James, uh, go to football, Tom Brady, you yeah. know, all yeah. the guys that are still performing at a high level, um, you know, because they take care of their body. And then uh, probably lastly, just I think it's more of a mental thing. So I feel like once you work on your body and rock and probably attest to this, once you see the, uh, oh, shoot, you know, I slimmed down 18 pounds, you know, now I got a little more muscle and, you know, now I'm moving quicker. My first step got better. It's more of a mental conditioning thing. Now you're like, oh, I could, mm-hmm. I could do whatever. I can right. already hoop. Now my body's in shape or, you know, I'm at that high level of athletic ability. I can do whatever. So I think those are probably the three biggest things where it was um, what I had game plan going into was like, okay, let's, you know, really hit that athletic side, the pillars of foundation, hit the um, the recovery piece and then the mental aspect of it. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, in watching these guys and you guys are, you know, it's like a you guys almost had a cheat code, you know. I think our goal was to come in and just reset your focus and get you guys prepared for the next level, right? You know, um, I'm pretty sure we did a lot of workouts, Ron, that you were like, hold on, man, what are we doing? I have never done this before, you know. Oh, God. And, it was, <laughs> and you know, crazy. for us, it's like painting a picture, right? We see where you're at. We want to reset the canvas and, 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 and sculpt you into a different portrait, I mean, portrait. And I think at the end of the day, when we got done, you know, everybody was feeling good. Everybody was looking different. And you guys not only had confidence, but just your athletic ability just was on a different level. And um, But it, that hats goes off to you guys because you guys completely bought into everything. Even though we might have faced some adversity, you had some days where you were sore, you didn't want to get up. You got up and you got the work in. You know, even coming from the team workouts where they're drilling you into the ground, you know, for four or five hours. You know, you came back and you were ready to work and you had a great attitude. So kudos goes to you, man, for that. 100%, man. A lot of that was, was uh, tested to y'all, man. Like, who who wants to come in the gym and work out with a coach that's an asshole? Though? Like, we would come in the gym, we always, like, felt like the great energy that y'all had. Yeah. Hold up, bro. bro. Can we pause it real quick? These niggas keep calling my phone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> who? People keep calling his phone. Do not Jesus disturb. Christ. I'm, that's because you're Ron Harper the Great. Put on, bro. This shit is crazy. All right. What was the question again? Uh, he just said as a, as a testament to you guys for just like, you know, doing four or five hours, two, three days. Yeah. You were saying essentially it was nice not having a coach be an asshole and kind of yeah, kept, oh, okay. kept the vibe alive. Man, I'll restart the question or the answer. So, yeah, it was just great, man. A lot of that goes out to y'all. Just who wants to work out and go through all those tough hours in the gym with a coach that's an asshole. Like, we would walk in the gym. And you guys always had great energy, and I feel like that really fueled us. But like, I always remember the first day, bro. Like that's 
crazy. Uh, we, we worked out at like 7 a.m., me, Tyson, and Will. We get done with the workout. Alex is like, all right, the 17s. I'm like, Jesus Christ, here we go. Do a 17. Then I talk to you right after, and you're like, yo, yeah, go get like five miles in on the elliptical. So I go get five miles in on the elliptical. I'm dead tired at the end. And I just knew somehow you're going to ask for a picture. So I just took a picture, right? <laughs> and then I show I show up to agility at 10:15, uh, at, at and you're like, "Yo, you did the five miles?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And you're like, "Let me see a picture." And I show you the picture. And then the agility was OD. It's like bad footwork and like crazy stuff. And like I already I went through two workouts. It's my first day. My body's mad tired. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember at the end, like Deontay throws me a towel, and I'm I start like wiping my face and my arms with it because I'm sweating like hard as hell. And then he's like, yo, towel pushes half court and back. I'm like, what? <laughs> towel pushes. Yo, like, I haven't done towel pushes since I was like 12. This dude's talking about, yeah, like, we did like six times up and back, bro. Like, I'm falling onto my hands and knees. And I can't push this towel no longer. Like, I'm over here dying. And then, like, and then we ate lunch, went to lift. Lift was OD, man, <laughs> upper body, upper body was screaming. And then we finished with basketball again. And, like, I remember the first day was, like, so tough for me, man. Like, the first day was hard as hell for me. Like, I went home at, like, 5, and, like, I passed out, and I didn't wake up till like, <laughs> till, like, 6 a.m. And so we could do it again the next day and just, like, seeing, like, really thinking about it right now from, like, where I went from that first day. And then, like, once I got in the swing of things, like, compared to, like, the last days we did that, like, it was all, like, easy to me at that point. Like, it all felt way better and, like, that just goes out to y'all in the group that I was with because, like, without y'all, like, who knows? Like, it was easy to put in hard work with y'all, put in that pain yeah. with y'all because y'all was all right there with me. No, you, work, work you, you guys, for- I say, you guys didn't tell me that the towel pushes was just to clean the court after they're done? Yeah, we had to make sure we cleaned it. <laughs> yeah. All that sweat. We had to wipe that court down. That thing was It was, slippery. It was crazy. Crazy. It was wild. I'm excited for to watch you this season, you know, and, and we're hoping that you come back. You know, uh, off season get the off season work in. It won't be as hard as you know we did for pre draft. Trust me. You know. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past y'all though. But yeah, we locked in for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely not gonna take. I'm definitely not gonna take your word on what you just said. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question. This is a more of a personal question. So, when you're younger, did you understand what like the NBA championship was and how many that your dad win, or did did you not care? I didn't care, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't realize. I don't think I realized that. So I was older and like started like seeing dudes like win championships, like actually being like a student in a game. I'm like, damn, this dude got five of them. That's crazy. Like five championships is a hard thing to do. And you know, he started on a lot of those teams. It was like a big contributor. So just like I look at it now, like starting on an NBA team is crazy. Starting on an NBA team is crazy, you know. Winning an NBA championship is crazy. So just yeah. like, I don't know. I definitely give give my dad way more respect now than when I was a little kid. So is it? So how's the conversations now? Now you're playing in the NBA. He's retired. So like, is he talking about get you one now, or what is he saying to you? Uh, he's mad excited, man. Like it's crazy. Like, he can't wait to come to Toronto. He want to hang out in Toronto every weekend. This dude. Always calling me, but he's just really excited about the process. You know, he tells me just go out there, work hard, be myself. And, you know, what happens, happens. Like, he, he told me, like, he knows I'm in the right spot because Wayne Embry, who works for the Raptors, he was a GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, like, 
my dad was his guy, and on draft night, they drafted my dad. So he's here in Toronto. So it's like it all comes a full circle. So yeah. he, he does a lot of faith in the people that I'm with here, and like so do I. And he feels like I'm in a great spot, but he just wants me to go out there and work hard and just uh, work for everything that I deserve. And so mm-hmm. that's exactly what I'm out here doing. I bet your little brother's excited too. Oh, he's so excited. But when uh, I remember he wanted me to go to a team in California because because he loves California, dude. Like, he loves California. He, he's gone there a lot this summer because of uh, AAU. He went to Pangos yeah. South American, and then he went to, like, this Pangos regional tournament and stuff. And he'll, he'll be looking to go out there to visit schools, too. But Uh-oh. he always comes home. He comes home, and he's like, where are the palm trees? Where's the good weather? <laughs> so he, he, he is depressed every time he leaves Cali. But I remember uh, – when I ended up going to Toronto, he was, he was real excited too, just because like their player development's always great, mm-hmm. and you know, just my most important thing with him is just being a role model and showing him how to do things the right way. That that's not gonna stop now that I'm far away from home. Yeah, you'll be playing against him in a couple years. Yeah, I'm gonna kill him. He's not scoring no points on me. He knows that. He knows the vibe. <laughs> he knows the vibe when he matches up with me. So we were working out when I was back home, and he know I don't play those silly games. Oh, that that is so funny seeing that that team dynamic, man. Uh, but you play for the Raptors now, so what's Drake like? Surely you've met him. <laughs> Not yet. Drake's a busy man, apparently. But <laughs> yeah, they got they got rolling loud in Toronto this weekend. So who knows? He'll probably pop up. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, what's it been like living in Canada? Any like big differences? I know it's kind of you know, you're right on the border. It's not really that far, but. Uh, you know, you don't have to speak French, thankfully. You're not in Montreal, yeah, Quebec. Facts. But <laughs> something weird is that milk is in a bag. Like, it's not no carton, gallon of milk. Really? It's like it's is it refrigerated? Of, yeah. But, like, it comes, like, in a bag. Like, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And, like, it caught, it threw me for a loop. Like, I low-key don't want to drink milk no more. Dog, only you was, like, say and notice that. Oh, what you mean? You go to the store and you're looking <laughs> only at the you go to the store and you're looking to get some milk to get some, for some cereal, and you go over there and there's like a big Comes ass in a ziplock, bag, <laughs> in a ziplock bag with two percent written bag on of it. Milk in the refrigerator, like that shit is mad weird. Hey, you know what? You know what? My funniest moments was a pre-draft when we were on that flight together going to Chicago. Now we're not oh gonna really God. talk about the details, but that flight was so funny. Uh, we can break it down. Oh my God! So first of all, me, you, and Drew were on the same flight. <laughs> That's his agent. I have- yep. I'm not gonna lie, the NBA put me in some crazy seat all the way in the back of the plane. Good thing, but Drew though, Drew held it down. Drew's my man. Yeah, he, he did. He told me I could sit first class, and I was like, "Yeah, Drew, you my brother in my eyes." But I'm sitting across from the bench, right? And I'm in the aisle. Were you Were you in the aisle? Or you were on the inside. I was right? on the I was on the window seat. Window you were in the aisle. Yeah. Yo, bro, I get on a plane. And, like, this dude next to me is, like, swaying mad hard, like, moving mad funny. And I look over because I have my headphones off. I take my headphones off. I look over. This dude is crying. Like, he's crying and he's looking out the window. And, like, the bench, you see me people, and he going to text me, like, comfort him. And I'm like, no, like, (laughs) the bench, you like, like, comfort him. Put your hand on his leg. Tell him you're there for him. I was like, no. I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, I hope he gets through whatever he's going through, but uh, I'm very uncomfortable right now. And like the whole flight, he's like looking out the window, like pulling his mask down. And I was like, damn, bro, this dude, the veteran's over there texting me. And uh, it was just, it was a, it was like a hilarious experience. I was and so. A, and then a guy I'm next to is just taking back drinks. Like oh he God. was, he was so drunk. 
Like the flight attendant said, we, we ran out. We we don't have any more for you. You were watching Black Panther, right? Yeah, I was watching Black Panther. Yo. So he started he starts watching my screen. Well, mind you, he has his own screen to watch. He starts watching my screen. Bar your headphones. Hey, give me an ear pug. So he's so drunk. So we're almost done with the flight, and you he's just slurring, and he's talking <laughs> so loud. And he's like, "I like that Black Panther," and I'm like, "Uh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, it's a good movie." And you he know, was like, it, he was like, what? He was like, I couldn't hear it. He was like, but it looked like a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I like how you were both experiencing people dealing with anxiety of flying in completely different ways. Completely Ron's different. guy's having a mental breakdown. Your guy's hammers. He's like gone. And then you, you two didn't just get them together and be like, hey, Ron's like, hey, let's switch seats. You sit next to the guy crying. You it, comfort each other. It made the no. flight all work. It was so funny because we, I mean, I mean, it actually made our flight go by pretty fast because we were just like, dude, what's going on? Like, this dude just ordered another drink, another yeah. drink. He's uh, like five, he like, he's I, like five doubles in. Oh my God. He got another he going, one. Please crazy. don't serve him more. He was going crazy. They had to cut him off. And the flight wasn't even all that like long too. Like the flight wasn't that crazy. It was like a two hour flight. This dude had like, he must've had close to like 10 doubles. Yes. Huh. Like the, the waitress was like going back and forth from a plane and like, I'm sitting there too, so I'm like, she bringing me water, she bringing me water. I'm like, damn, like how many times she gonna come down the aisle? And I just realized that the bench texted me like, oh, this dude's hammered, and like, is <laughs> that was, you still had to wear a mask on a plane back then? So this dude, this dude didn't have his mask on the whole flight. He was drunk. He, he, he got to drink, right? He didn't care. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, um, that's funny. I guess any other like goofy things about Toronto that you're just kind of getting adjusted to? Currency. Everybody's really nice here. And Good. That's, that, that, that says a lot. I'm from New Jersey, so not everybody's very nice in New Jersey. But uh, it is real nice to be out here. The currency is different. Like, I've been talking about financial advisors and stuff, just, like, translating the dollar difference. And, like, I think the Canadian dollar is worth a little more right now, but who knows? Like, it fluctuates. This is all about my pay grade, so I just do whatever my advisor tells me to do. And I'm good. Smart. Smart. Well, hopefully there's no other goofy milk in a bag situations for you and you're, you're getting taken care of out there um do you want to touch on chicago at all i know you've really liked enjoying kind of living back with like buddy and tyson like chicago because i think that's your proud moment like it's a proud training dad for these guys where like it just clicked oh yeah we're talking about the pro day when, when that night where you know you guys were just electric man how, how did you feel when you guys performed and even at the combine man you had a you were getting it in man you had basketball games you had the combine you had the pro day like yeah how did it you was, feel it was, it was a lot to be honest i remember our pro day so this is how like it was landscaped like we got to chicago and like at first it was just like some medical stuff for like the combine and then like the first day it was like a lot of interviews and stuff like that and then the second day is like a the combine, like that night we had our pro day and like you do, you got to do shooting drills and all this other stuff during the combine. And like, I went out there and I'm thinking, I'm just going to get into like shooting drills. And like, we went through like an hour and a half practice dog. Like shit was crazy. Like it was like intense, like yeah. running up and down, playing full court. And then after that, we did the combine drills. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself like, God, Lee, I got pro day later. Like I got to go dumb hard in pro day. And then, like, I remember we got the pro day, and I was gassed. Like, I was dead. I was dead tired. But thankfully, I was with Tyson. So, like, Tyson. Put that Meek Mill on. 
Facts, facts. You know, Tyson, what I tell you about that playlist? Tyson cut that playlist on and it was do or die, man. Fighting for the job. <laughs> Damn right. Got me in the right mindset. And he was going dumb hard and I was matching him and we had a great pro day. And then I just feel like me and him, we went first. So I feel like we really set the tone for the group. And I feel like we had a great successful pro day and everybody was able to show what they could do. And, you know, it was just a great night. And then we went out to dinner after and we just all just sitting there laughing about like the whole experience. And it was just... Just all like that hard work is like paying off like right in front of you. And I'm sure you guys were proud. And like we were proud to be a part of it just to get there and to just like know like all right, we, we got through like one of the hardest parts of our lives. Yeah, it was amazing, man. I was I was so proud. That's just and I know Deontay was and you guys just opened up our eyes just as a group. I mean, it was so electric, the energy and just you guys cheering each other on was even more amazing for me and supporting each other and winning. You know, that was a like I was that was icing on the cake right there. Hundred percent. I remember I remember having my pro day, like I messed my wrist up because I dunked the ball mad hard. Mm-hmm. And then, like the whole workout I was I was dug with my left hand after that. And I remember I finished my pro day and uh I go up to the venture, I'm like, yo, like my is my wrist good? And he's like he's like poking at like the like the wound and it's like it's just a little swollen and Drew's like and Drew comes up and he's like freaking out. He's like, he's like, what happened? He's like, are you good? He's like, you think you'd be able to play in the combine? I'm like, yeah. The Reggie State is going to, with the swelling will go down by tomorrow. And then it hey, did. So. And it went down the next day. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just just normal people problems. Just <laughs> bruising my <laughs> wrist. Just, just throwing it down too hard. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, in the all season, we were playing one-on-one. So don't forget that. That's a fact. I think you want to forget that, so. <laughs> Oh, I think he's going to bring Deontay, so that's his yep. only hope. I'm playing. We played. We played a uh, last week, man. Um, you Deontay? We yeah, not one on one. He'll beat me one on one. But we were playing a uh, five on five at Lifetime. We played six yes. games at full court. I know you was dumb tired, dog. Actually, I wasn't. I did pretty good. I held my yes, own. Yes, sir. You were shooting at the midi. The catch shoot I was midi? shooting a three point. I was ranging. You okay. know. High school three, though, you know. Yeah, that NBA three is far, dude. The NBA three is just too far. NBA three, I know, I know. I seen that. I seen that during pre-drafts. Okay, we just got to move you a step in. At Lifetime, they don't play the NBA line, so we're good. (laughs) Maybe in the Ultimate Hoops League, but I don't even think you're in that, so I think you're good. (laughs) Wow. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Hey, well, good news. We've got three lifetimes up by you, so we'll take care of you. We'll uh, we'll connect on that offline. But uh, um, yes, yeah, I mean, this is this is exciting to hear kind of where you're at. Sounds like you're in a great spot. Sounds like you're really happy. Sounds like you're you're feeling good physically, mentally, and enjoying your time there. And, and it's going to be exciting just to kind of see how the season goes for you. Obviously, you know, we've got our eye on you. You're going to be talking to Ankin Deontay all throughout the season. Um, and, and I think it's just gonna be really exciting, but for you to be able to share your story, kind of like coming out through your dad's shadow and, and like, I guess going back to me, buddy said the same thing. He wasn't the best on his high school team. He actually like had this inflection point you did too, which I thought was fascinating. We were like, no, 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 I need to take this serious. Let's take that step where like I'm undroppable and you both had that. And I just think it's really interesting. And like, so inspiring for kids to hear that because you think with the pressure today if you don't have all d1 scholarship by your freshman year then like you're written off but that that's yes. not true exactly not at all you just need one school man like the venture said and just like buddy and jimmy their story is remarkable too like they both went to syracuse and did their thing like those guys we looked at as their father's son just like me for the longest and they went to that 
to that hostile environment. They proved the whole world wrong. And, you know, I feel good, you know. When I knew I was going to be working out with guys like that, it really, it really yeah. felt good for me yeah. just because, like, a lot of guys that got similar backgrounds. And you guys added a little piece of, of your own to the group, to the team, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. We met some interesting characters in Lifetime, too. Uncle Tell you. Yeah, oh, we definitely we're did. Not, uh, you know, yeah, we're not we going to go into did. detail, but that dude is crazy. We all know who we're talking about here. <laughs> he's probably... You know, he's in your Instagram DMs right now. <laughs> definitely, he definitely is. Him and Deontay still talk to this day, matter of fact. It's probably Deontay, Deontay's friend. <laughs> him, and De- him and Deontay are locked in. Deontay went to his apartment and had the steak and everything. <laughs> this guy, this guy was relentless. He was like, he was like, he was like, he was like, you want an eight five wagyu? He was like, he was like, <laughs> he was like, no, nah, I don't do that. I don't do that regular cooking. He's like, I'm not no regular chef. Dog, He's like, truffle ran. butter, avocado I, I oil, so high smoke coming, point. I was gone. <laughs> Hey, then he lit the knife on fire and cut the steak. I was like, whoa. Yo, I forgot he did that in the gym. <laughs> in the gym. In the gym. That had me we had some characters in that. Unk met his shoe plug out there. Yes, I did, sir. I my did. Son, yes. My boy Rock. Yes, sir. He put you on. My son had the Yeezys, the dunks. You was cut in for sure. Just that experience was crazy. He needed it. Hey, just just keep pushing him off. He's last time we had Tyson on the pod, he was uh, shaking him down for some Jordan. So don't let him don't let him come for you. Well, Ron wears like a size nineteen. Yeah, he was like a seventeen. I wear a size seventeen, respectfully. And he wears his, <laughs> and he has his, respectfully. I wear a size nine and a half. And he has his blue Crocs. Did you throw those things away yet? Yo, um, you want to hear some crazy nonsense? <laughs> I, I lost my Crocs, bro. I'm so glad. <laughs> I lost my Crocs. I'm out here rocking generic Nike slides. Now I lost my Crocs. I'm sick. I need to, I need to tap back in with the Croc business. You need to go ahead and get a marketing deal. Facts, right? Plus I was like, can't Crocs. you just like talk to someone at Toronto and just like make it happen? Jeez. But nah, I want to talk to whoever runs Crocs. You know, set me up with a deal. Some Crocs don't come in size 17, so you know. They got <laughs> a lot of shoes don't come in size 17. I didn't even think about that. The the burden that you go through in life with having limited options. It's crazy, right? Because you know, you know what happened. So I just got here last night, right? And like, my family is shipping like all my. Like, I didn't think like I, I was going to be getting into nothing this weekend. So my family's getting so sending all like my like my nice shoes. I'm just chilling, and after practice, they come up to me talking about. Yeah, rolling loud Toronto this weekend. You guys want to go? Like, oh yeah, hell yeah, I want to oh, go. And then, I, and then I think to myself, I'm like, damn, we don't got no feeds. Gotta go out and some <laughs> shoes somewhere, and it's gonna be impossible. I might just have to go buy a size 15 and take the sole out or something. <laughs> so if you read, if you read on the internet somewhere, Ron Harper Jr. broken toe, just know that's what it was from. <laughs> Ron, you cannot do that. Jeez. This is Ron every day. This is him. this is what we deal with every day. Oh my gosh! And Akai bowl, Acai bowls. Is that what Acai you say? Bo- Yo, Acai no, bowls. Said, no, 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 no. No way! You just said Akai bowl. <laughs> I remember. I remember we got up that week. The week lifetime NYC Akai uh, Acai bowl, and he was like, "Oh, this is the best thing I ever had." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like, he's like, I need to get more of these. I, I, I walk in a cafe. This dude always got an acai bowl. Jeez. We started eating them every day. Never had one before. I gotta lock back in with that. I gotta find an acai place in Toronto. We definitely we do. We do. We it's do. It's fire. And That's it. It's good for you too. Yes. That is the the perks of of our lifetime cafe. Uh, we get to help few you guys way out there. I don't know, Deontay. Where do you want to take this one to wrap it up? Where where can we possibly? <laughs> I, Go. I mean, we've just touched After on the that, things. 
You want to talk about you and your man with the steak? Where do you want to go with it? Yeah, facts. That's Will's man. That's not my man. What about your man's butter? How's butter? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't talked to him. Met a lot of good people at that lifetime, man. I hope you're all doing well. <laughs> oh, you rooting for the Eagles this year? Come on, man. You know what we do? We walk them down. Me and Buddy were actually going to go to the uh, to the Lions game because they play the Eagles on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. The game was sold out. A Lions game is selling out. What's going on? What's going on? It's because of hard knocks. They're ass. I don't That's care. It's because of hard knocks. They got hard bro. They knocks. got so many views after that. Hard knocks. Hard nothing. It's hard to win in Detroit. <laughs> They're trash. <laughs> but y'all know what we about to do to them on Sunday. We about to you know snuff them out. But the we'll Eagles see. are going crazy this year. We're gonna win the NFC. I'm rooting for Justin Jefferson. though. I really like him as a football player. <clears throat> but you know, you got wait time out. I saw something on ESPN the other day. You guys root for the Vikings, right? Yeah. No. Right? Yeah, root I do. For the Vikings. I do. So I saw, I forget who it is, but one of these ESPN analysts had Kirk Cousins win an MVP. Absolutely not. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm not going to I'm not make no comment. I don't know I, what controversy he was stirring up, but. Yeah, he's not. Oh, it was Michael Irving, a Cowboys, a Cowboys, former Cowboy. Wow. Makes sense. Wow. Yeah, you know, Deontay, you know I never switch sides over here. You know, I'm lifetime fan. Fly Eagles fly. I'm not gonna talk about my old basketball team because I'm a Raptor now. <laughs> Go Ruckers, all of that. I can't um, wait to watch you play this year. That's fair. Yep. That's fair. Be out there playing mad defense shooting, mad corner threes. Oh my god. Right, Looking no, like you cool. out there. Oh, for everyone that didn't know, also I wanted to ask this question earlier. We derailed a little bit, but what's a two way contract? Oh, so it's like offense and defense. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> gotta play both. Gotta play both. That's what it sounds like, right? There's a player that gotta go out to play offense and defense. But yeah, a two-way contract is just so. Uh, right now, I'm with Toronto, I'm with the Raptors, but I'll be splitting time between them and the 905 Raptors. So like, that's the that's the G League team. So I'll be mm-hmm. splitting time going back and forth. But it's all it's all real close. Like some of these G League teams are mad far. Like mm-hmm. for example, the Miami Heat. Their G League team is in South, South Dakota. South Dakota, yeah. So, wow. Uh, I, I have the nice luxury that our G League affiliate is 20 minutes up the road in Mississauga. So, you know, once I once I get up there, once I get all situated, find a nice place, a little bit in between both, it's going to be a real good year. Nice. You couldn't pick a more opposite place to Miami. Yeah, in South, South Dakota. Dakota. <laughs> South Dakota, <laughs> Yeah, in Miami. Could you imagine? Be like, I'm signing for Miami. They're like, Yeah, but you'll be in South Dakota. Be yeah. like, In the winter, come yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, I'll be like, Let me see that contract. Ripping into pieces. <laughs> <laughs> back to the back to the drawing board. <laughs> wow, oh, that'll be good. Good to hear. Yeah, so you're splitting time between the NBA team and the G League team. So obviously, the the biggest thing for you is just get opportunities, get minutes, get experience, prove yourself. Kind of you know take that transition, which is important. I love how the NBA is developing their kind of pathway to the pros. It's not mm-hmm. either you sink or swim. Now there's it's much more generous and i think that is is so good to see you guys getting into it at the right time but yeah i mean deventry it's uh it's no question why you wanted to get ron on the podcast yeah ron ron is electric i can't wait then we'll get ron again after the season once he's up in minnesota training oh i have i have i have many stories for you guys all right when, when we play in minnesota when we play in minnesota i'm in lifetime i need i, I can't wait to get tickets front row seats 
I don't know if I could do that. Like I said, I'm on a two way. You might have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe, he he he's new to this, ask, Ron. He don't know how that works. Ask Cal, can give you some seats, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> We'd be an upper deck. Hey, you might, you yeah, might, yeah, just, yeah, you might be like wrote, like section three hundred five type shit. You might even not even be able to see the game. <laughs> he's like actually we'll just be at the sports bar watching yeah, on tv we'll just, to be we'll better watch, then we'll yeah. meet you after, meet the, you game. after the game right, right, right. <laughs> no that'll be exciting well ron thanks so much for coming on just shared a little bit your story i uh, we'll get you back on again we're just kind of doing the rounds you know uh getting the temperature set with everyone but again just it was so good to talk to you and appreciate you kind of opening up about your your kind of tr- journey uh into the nba it's been great thank you guys for having me i'm looking forward for part two there will be a lot uh There'll be more stories from my first year in the league. Awesome. We appreciate that. Deontay DeVentry, as always, appreciate you guys and what you're doing for these athletes and getting them on to to share their stories. That's going to wrap us up. Uh, Go follow Ron. Uh, We'll put his social media in the description. Tell him that you enjoyed this episode. Go share it with someone who's maybe struggling in their high school career. Tell them that there's still plenty of time to succeed. Uh, Buddy's done it. Ron's done it. There's a lot of opportunities out there. Share it with a friend. Help us grow it. But until next time, take care of yourselves. We're out.